sense. This is a story about the honor and glory of God, whose true being is, is just so wonderful, altogether too radiant, too amazing to look upon. If we were to look upon it, it would destroy us. But who nevertheless condescends to Moses, as God does in Christ to us, allows him to see his backside, his backwards, which is itself so altogether holy and radiant that it leaves Moses' face glowing, literally glowing for weeks, so that others have a hard time looking at Moses' face because it's so, so radiant, so glowing. The message, put simply, is that God is so majestic, so radiant, so wonderful, so glorious and holy, that even God's less honorable parts, as if there could be anything truly dishonorable about God, are still far more holy than we can imagine being. This is, at least, the prevailing interpretation of this passage, and I think it's a good one. But I think there also might be more going on here. To illustrate, let me tell you something that happened to us this week. Um, Melissa and I have, and our family have been a part of this town for about six years. Uh, six years ago, we moved from the state of New York, and this week we had um, we had some friends uh, who visited us. And um, I don't know if any of you have ever been to Humphreys before for a concert, but it's an absolutely wonderful thing. Um, I, for six years, have not been to a single conference at Humphreys, and only because they got extra tickets and said, hey, you want to come to this for free? Um, that I ended up going, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Well, uh, in the break between the opening act and the, uh, the main act, Amos Lee, happy to be who is also an amazing artist, um, the, the daughter of our friends who's sitting next to me suddenly blurted out, look, it's the Big Dipper. And we looked up, and sure enough, there was a Big Dipper. And uh, that was all well and good. But something else went through my mind, and I didn't actually have the heart to respond to her. Uh, that what I was really seeing there was something quite different from her. Yes, in fact, you can look up and see the stars that make up the Big Dipper, and perhaps a few dozen other stars. Anybody who lives in Point Loma or lives, you know, right around San Diego knows exactly what I'm talking about. Anytime you go out, that's about what you see. Okay? You see a few stars. We've grown so accustomed only seeing a few stars that we get excited because we can see them. Like, oh wow, there's the Big Dipper, there's Orion. The problem is, and this is what I didn't have the heart to tell her, is that this is just a small portion, a small sliver of what's really up there that if it weren't for the light pollution, we could really see. And if any of you have gone out into the country, as uh, Melissa and I did, we were early married and we'd like to see um, some national parks in southern Utah. No cities within hundreds of miles. We went out in the middle of the night, looked up to the bathroom whenever I walked in, and it was just spectacular. This is what you're supposed to be looking at. Oh, oh, here we go. It's working now. So this is, um, um, uh, you're right here. This is the night sky from, a, um, from an urban setting. And this is exactly the same piece of sky from a rural setting. And we can't even see that well because we've got so much light pollution in here right now, right? We're not seeing that as it really is. Um, now go to the next slide. See, we had the uh, boy, the sun lights up together. But that's the Milky Way. We can't even see the Milky Way, right? Because of all the light pollution. Which is that, there we go. It's a little bit better. Which is just this absolutely stunning and spectacular uh, 
God is so wonderful and amazing and glorious and holy, we are simply not worthy to look at God in the face, to see God in God's fullness, at least this side of glory. But what else might be going on here? What might be right there invisible to us that Moses might be saying? Let's go to the next slide. Okay, um, that's the Sistine Chapel version of the story. Um, that's actually the one I, I, I pleasure with at the beginning, but you can see that backside there. Um, this is Michelangelo, so you know, I didn't I didn't make this up. Don't think ill of me. Um, this is this, this is in the Sistine Chapel of St. Peter's Basilica in uh, in Rome. We'll go to the next slide. Sorry, forgot I had them in there. Okay, a little bit different. Um, this is the view from the top of Mount Horus where Moses was. Um, what might be there invisible to us that Moses might be seeing? Well, for starters, let's consider for a second. As it was depicted in the last slide, God doesn't actually have a body. Right? Um, I mean, of course, God, the Son, the eternal Son, right, um, had a body while He was on Earth. But God the Father, right, we, don't, we don't believe that God the Father, God in God's triune self, has some kind of physical body. He doesn't have a backside. Okay, so so clearly there's something different going on here. And, and Moses actually seeing like, God's hind parts, or Moses seeing God's hind parts while he's tucked away in the cleft of the rock. Right? As if the Almighty Father and Creator of the entire universe has one. So God doesn't have a backside for Moses to see. What might Moses actually be seeing? What I want to suggest is that Moses was probably seeing the very same thing he was seeing beforehand. Which is actually pretty spectacular to see. And he's looking out at the world on the top of the mountaintop like any of us would. But that perhaps for the first time, he's seeing all that as God sees it. That for the first time, Moses is looking out at the world and even the people of Israel down below in the valley through God's eyes. Now let me illustrate right now you and I have completely different perspectives. We are looking at things through completely different sets of eyes. As I look out there, I see all of your beautiful faces. All of you people who are dressed in shorts, which I wish I was dressed in because that's usually what I dress up on Sunday mornings. But my wife wouldn't let me. She made me put on pants and a tie today. Right? And you, when you're looking out, what are you seeing? You're seeing this. Right? Sorry. Pink shirts, long pants. see what I see, what do you have to do? You've got to come up here and stand next to me or stand behind me. Okay? In order to see from someone else's perspective, we have to see from their backside. We have to actually see from their back. So what would it mean? What would it mean to look at the world through God's eyes? What might it mean for Moses here to be looking at the world seeing the world as God sees it. Well, let's first consider what it means to look at the world through our eyes. And since I can only really look at the world through my eyes, let me talk a little bit about what it means for me to look at the world through my eyes. What? That is, after all, exactly how I'm programmed. Always to see the world from my finite individual perspective. 
Sadly, all too many of us are still given to this kind of thinking. I like to call it the it's all about me syndrome. I see it, well, I made it up. It's something about like something I call it all the time, but we'll call it that for today. It's all about me. I see it manifest. I see it manifest in others all the time, right? I see a lot. 
God sees us to realize that I, I am not God, that I am very, very, very small, just a speck in this universe, a drop of water. 
single grain of sand on the grass beach. I need nothing about me. And to stop worrying about me. So much of my energy in life is expended trying to puff myself up, to make myself look good, to try to defend myself in my perspectives, right? To try to keep it going that it's all about me. So much of my life is invested in this. See as God sees is just to stop. In a way, to see from behind God is to look out at the world and to completely forget myself. So, in other words, in the song we sang just a few minutes ago, the art of losing myself. Right? See as God sees is the art of losing ourselves to God. To see behind God is to look at the world and completely forget myself, my concerns. My fears, my needs, my worries, my wants and desires, and to completely and utterly trust to give myself over to the love of God. To see as God sees is to be caught up in wonder, to be caught up in worship and praise, to be grateful for every breath, to be able to laugh at myself and my foibles, and even my shortcomings and my self centeredness. Someone once said that true humility. Is not giving up on yourself. It's probably the same person who pointed out the fact that I love that I was beating myself up. But it's being able to laugh at ourselves. Right? We must step back and see ourselves as we truly are both beautiful and frail and sinful and yet loved. To laugh at ourselves. To see as God sees it to be caught up in wonder, worship, and praise. To be capable of loving others just as they are, even as we are loved. Seeing God's backside is actually a lot like looking up, I think, into a starry night without all of the light pollution. Again, if you've ever had that experience, seeing the heavens as they were truly created to be. Go back to the, uh, to the next one, actually. In all of their wonder, in all of their majesty and glory, feeling at once that as individuals we are very small, that our lives and our needs and our wants are incredibly trivial, and yet at the same time feeling completely loved, completely at home, completely safe, with absolutely nothing, not even death, to fear, completely fulfilled and totally satisfied. And we learn to die to ourselves, and we learn that art of losing ourselves. And we start by doing that today with a prayer I want to say as our benediction and recitation with you. It's John Wesley's covenant prayer. And it says, goes like this. I'm going to say a line and I'd like you to repeat it back to me. I am no longer my own, but yours. But me to do what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you. Let me be laid aside for you. Exalted for you, or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me 
this world war. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and mine and yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth. Thank <laughs> you. 